Welcome to the Misophonia Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 10. My name is Adil Ahmad, and I have Misophonia. Today I'm talking with Ella. Ella is a high school student in Washington State, and we talk about life at school, her MISA origin story, meeting Dr. Marsha Johnson, ADA accommodations, and her plans for the future. This week I want to give a shout out to the 2020 Misophonia Convention. This is the annual convention I sometimes talk about, which was actually the place I thought of starting this podcast last year. This year it was going to be in Philadelphia, but it'll be all online now in early October. This is the annual event where they have speakers going over all the latest research, coping strategies, legal topics about workplace accommodations, advice for families, and lots of great topics for us. I've actually also been invited and will be giving a talk as well. But trust me, the, the other talks I'm, I'm sure will be far more interesting. You can get tickets at the Misophonia Association website, or I'll have uh, links in the show notes. Also, don't forget about the MISO list, which is the online directory of businesses owned by Misophones. This week, I want to give a shout out to Andrew Crandall Design, a photographer and graphic designer, and also guest number two of this podcast. Andrew sells products with his work on them, and you can find them on his website and Instagram, which are in the show notes and also at misolist.com. Submit your own business there, too. Now, let's start my conversation with Ella. Well, welcome, Ella. Welcome welcome to the podcast. Good to have you here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I, like I said uh, in, the, in our kind of pre-talk, I don't know, I don't know much about you. Uh, why, don't you why don't you start off maybe uh, let me know, kind of let us know where you're located. Um, well, I'm located in Lake Stevens, Washington. I've been here for as long as I can remember. I'm a high school student. And yeah, I mean, Washington is beautiful, the scenery, the mountains. So it's pretty nice. I can't complain. So, okay, so you're a, you're a high school student. Um, you know, what, what were kind of your first memories? Like, when did you, when did you notice that there was something was wrong? Um, my earliest memory of misophonia is I remember being in, I think, my sixth grade math class. And the girl next to me was making one of my trigger sounds. And... I just remember feeling something inside of me I had never felt before. I had no idea what was going on, and I just knew something was off. After more of those experiences, I like stumbled across a thing called misophonia, and it perfectly described what I was going through. I can't tell you how happy that made me, because I knew I wasn't crazy. Yeah, that's that's something. Uh, yeah, that's something I, I you know you hear a lot. Uh, is that kind of relief after you find out in, that it has a name? And yeah, I guess around, is, yeah, when you were kind of in sixth grade is when uh, press articles uh, were coming out about this online. Yeah. So you were, do you remember like a, a specific moment or was it just kind of generally in that in that grade year? Um, I think it was just in that first math class when I got sat next to that girl during like the first lesson. And she started making one of my trigger noises, and I realized what I'm feeling isn't just annoyance. Like this isn't normal for someone to feel. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know her before, or was it? Um, I didn't. Okay. And I, I, I kind of felt terrible because I felt like I had this hatred towards this person that I didn't even know just because she was making certain sounds. And how did you do in math class? Did you, uh, did you, <laughs> did you get moved, or did you? 
Um, I talked to my teacher yeah. and she moved me and she was super nice about it. I don't think I told her that I had misophonia because I wasn't quite sure yet. I wasn't yeah. ready to come out and say I have this because I just, it was so new to me in that way. So she was just really nice about it and she moved me to a different table like halfway through the year. Gotcha. And Owen, and halfway through the year, so it took you that long to kind of, yeah. uh, to, for that to happen. Is that, is that during that period? Is that when you uh, looked online and found out what it was? Or did you still not know at that point? Uh, I, I knew halfway through the year. And I feel like the turning point for me was realizing that it wasn't going to go away. So I had to do something about it. Yeah. Did you tell your other friends like when you're kind of around at school? Or did um, you bottle it up? Just keep it inside because you weren't sure what I it think was. I bottled it up definitely way more. I think even now, not a lot of my friends know I have this. Like I told them I was coming on this podcast and they're <laughs> like, wait, what, what does that mean? <laughs> so. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So that was your first memory. So your family, your family doesn't trigger you. Is that correct? Or didn't until oh, that do. point? Okay. Do they, they do, do now? Did they before or no? Uh, I think they did before, but that was just the first memory I really connect to for some reason. But it wasn't as intense up until then. Gotcha. And then during that year, as as this um, as this girl was triggering you, did that start to then um, snowball into kind of making your your family triggers worse? Yes, definitely. I I only realized everything that was getting worse when I kind of realized everything that was inside of me wasn't normal. Cause up until then I thought, Oh, this is just my family. I mean, everyone gets annoyed with their family, but up until then I hadn't realized just the extent of all of the emotions and that how it wasn't normal and that there was something actually wrong. What kind of emotion do you, uh, can you describe what kind of emotions? Uh, I, I know we all kind of get it. I'm just curious. So what you, what you, you know, what you supposed to you're feeling towards that, that girl. Did you uh, want to like strangle her? Or, <laughs> or, Definitely. Uh, I, I mostly felt hatred and sometimes disgust, mostly hatred and disgust. So that was really terrible. And that made me feel like a terrible person because she was so sweet. <laughs> They usually are the one. Yeah. Did you, um, did you try to talk to her about, not about this, but, uh, you know, was she in your social circle at all at some point during junior high? Um, no, honestly, I feel like if I didn't have misophonia, we would have been good friends cause we had a lot in common, but just the fact that I knew if I hung out with her more, yeah. that I'd be around her and I'd be around those sounds. I just couldn't put myself through that. And so did you just throw the glare at her? And uh, during class until you moved or? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Kind of feel bad about that. <laughs> okay. So I think we've uh, talked about her enough. Let's, let's move on to, uh, so, you know, you're, you're at home and now it's starting to trigger you during junior high. How did, your, um, how did you deal with it with your, with your family? Um, I told my family that I thought I might have this. And in the beginning, um, my family, they weren't very receptive, if that makes any sense. Like, they were saying, okay, sure, yeah, you might have this, but they weren't exactly doing anything about it. I think it's like 
when things got really bad is when they realized, oh yeah, there's something wrong, but um, they're pretty, they're really receptive. They're really, really nice about it. My dad, definitely, he is my biggest supporter and he took me to see, um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he took me to see Dr. Marsha Johnson and yes, I yes, cried. <laughs> I almost cried. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, she's amazing. Yeah, I've met her a couple of times. She was on, she was on an, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but she was on an episode early this year, the first yeah, one of this year. Yeah, because she's right down in Oregon, not not too far from you. Um, yeah. What made everyone think that it, it got really bad, like what was happening? Um, around eighth grade, I got pretty depressed because of everything that was happening. I felt like I had no control. I felt like all my friends were slipping away because I was just, I couldn't control how I reacted to certain sounds. I just, I felt so alone. And when I told my parents about this, they realizing this was because of this and that they needed to help, which was really, really helpful because I think that was the moment I realized I wasn't alone and that even though they didn't have misophonia, that they still supported me in that way yeah it's great no it's great that you, that you that they stepped in like that with your friends were you um were you acting out against them or maybe were you just kind of uh consciously avoiding them i mostly avoided certain friends and i feel like that made them feel like they were doing something wrong when they weren't and so i just feel bad about that yeah but, so they noticed that you were that something yeah. was wrong yeah how did it affect the kind of your grades in school throughout junior high? Um, I've always been a pretty good student. I got straight A's, but it was harder. I think I feel like it would have been easier if I didn't have this funny, obviously. Of course. Yeah. But I still did get pretty good grades, so I've I've never really struggled with academics due to this. I feel like almost it's pushed me to be a better student in spite of my misophonia, just to show it like, you don't have this power over my future. That's great. Um, and uh, did, did kids, were you, being, were, you, were you teased at all or bullied or anything about it? There have been times where I've told people that I have this and they think um, it'd be fun to see if they could get a rise yeah, out of me God, by doing yeah. my certain sounds. And it's harder when you're in a building full of kids that think other people's suffering is funny and they just didn't realize the extent that they were doing it so i don't blame them because it doesn't if i'm being honest it doesn't seem like in my eyes even a real thing to them because they don't realize the extent of it so they didn't really know what they were doing and how much it impacted me so i don't blame them for that yeah, if someone isn't in our shoes, I think uh, it's, it, it is hard to understand yeah. the, the level that uh, the rise that we get. Um, <laughs> and so, okay, so then, um, you know, your your parents um, stepped in and uh, and your dad took you to see Dr. Johnson. Um, yeah, tell me about tell me about that. Obviously, that must that sound like it was super emotional. What um, did you just go once or uh, kind of how what did you get out of that? Um, we went once, my whole family went, I think it was, um, in the middle of a vacation, like we were going around, then we came and we stopped on our way back. But, um, it was, 
it was really nice for me because she gave me or recommendations for these hearing aids that can put white noise into your ears during classes and stuff. And so it helps, um, it helps my reactions not be as strong because my brain is kind of more preoccupied with the noise, with the white noise rather than the trigger mm-hmm. noise. So that's helped me a lot, definitely. So you're using a kind of wide X, I think is one of the, uh, one of the brands. So you're to yeah. this day, you're still, you're using those, uh, the, um, I'm still using them. Yeah. Kinda, cool. Cool. Okay. Um, and do you get them like tuned? Every, I don't know how they, I forget how they kind of the work, work, but do they get, um, uh, tuned every once in a while or is it kind of like you, you get them once and they're good to go? Um, mine have always been pretty good to go, but my dad, um, he handled like the ordering them and stuff. So I don't really know much about it, but I do know that it's helped me quite a lot. Gotcha. Okay. And, and, um, and, and th- so did it start to, um, help immediately? Like you, uh, you know, st- you, st- you started high school and then everything was a little bit better. Uh, what, what, what kind of changes did you notice? Um, I noticed that my reactions weren't quite as strong and I noticed it was easier for me to stay in control because I could focus on something else that was going into my ears rather than the only thing that seemed to be occupying mm. my mind. And so that has definitely, it hasn't, made my misophonia go away that's for that's for sure but it has helped do you have them on all the time not all the time mostly just either in classes or in situations where i feel like i need them i'll pull them out i'll put them on just like discreetly yeah like meals maybe or Mm -hmm. well actually no for meals i use um these sound blocking headphones that my parents got from me and they're really nice because they block out all of the eating noises and so i can actually sit down and have dinner with my family without flipping out yeah are they like noise canceling or just mm-hmm. very sound blocking they're noise canceling gotcha okay um and yeah so you can have meals with your family with those on and you're able to do school with the wide x Okay, so you so you've been going through high school, so it's been quite a bit better. So, have you did you notice that uh, your social circle started to kind of return to normal a little bit, or um, or did that kind of like uh, go in a different direction? Um, I noticed my so- my social circle has always been quite large because I'm in band, I'm in theater, I'm in drumline, so I've always had a lot of acquaintances. So socially, it's never really been an issue except for in eighth grade when I couldn't really handle anything. So ever since then, it's just been really nice. My friends are awesome. They support me in every way. And yeah, I don't, I just, I don't know what I would do without them. They're like my second family. Gotcha. Okay. So these are a little bit different than the ones who were kind of confused, I guess, and yeah. Junior high, these are the kind of uh, more mature kind of high school kids, and they're super supportive. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, and let's back it up to kind of where, where you were talking about theater and band. So, <laughs> theater, theater um, you know, I'm imagining like, you know, the worst case, you're alone on stage and a bunch of people are, you know, in the audience triggering. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, any, any uh, I don't know, any anecdotes there? Um, <laughs> I, Honestly, I love being on stage, but when it's not as dark as I'd like and you see people doing physical triggers, Mm -hmm. it's harder to stay in the scene. But I feel like that's made me grow as an actress to be in that situation and to learn 
how to block out everybody else. Yeah, that's very insightful. Okay, so you kind of uh, grow as an actress, but uh, does it also maybe um, do you use it as kind of a way to strengthen your, you know, psychological immunity to to misophonia to kind of put yourself yeah. in that situation? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. And, and then and then in band, um, I guess I mean in band and drumline, I mean, it's I mean you got a lot of lot of noise, so that's <laughs> during a performance. Um, I, I don't know any any like. Uh, you know, as people are practicing or maybe, um, you know, the, the brass instrument <laughs> players are, are, they probably, I don't know, so they might make certain uh, certain sounds. Do you, you know, do, uh, do you get bothered much during practices or is it um, not really? There's so much going on. Um, there's so much going on, especially since I'm a percussionist, <laughs> which is probably uh, the worst place for me to be, but I just, I love it. So I'm going to yeah. stay there. But there's just so much going on that I can't really hear any one specific thing so i feel like that's really helpful in a sense well you're probably kind of at the back you're kind of behind everybody and furthest from the audience depending on how things are mm -hmm. set up right so exactly hiding behind all the xylophones right yeah exactly um that's not a bad xylophones is kind of a that's a, kind of a nice sound to have in front of you mm -hmm. um cool okay wow so yeah you got uh got a, a lot of stuff going on there so what about going on into the um, the wild, cold world? Um, how you know? How do you find? Um, how do you react to strangers who might be triggering you? Uh, I've never really been good at confronting strangers when they're making trigger noises. Usually, I just sit there and try to deal with it. If I can't, then they're a stranger. You can just leave the situation. They yeah, won't get yeah. offended. So. And uh, is, do you ever, um, so, so you, it seems like you've, you, you guys have taken steps to get your family life and your, and your social life kind of under control. Is it just really, really bad then to be, you know, to be out in the, in the real world many times? Yeah. yeah. I remember taking a trip to New York and my family, we were all going on a bus and it was my first public bus ride, you know, in the city. I was so excited but there were so many people doing physical triggers, um, noise triggers, and I almost had a meltdown because yeah. I couldn't tell any of them to stop without looking like a complete nutcase in this public bus with at least 30 people on it. So do you, um, and this is with the, with various, with hearing, hearing um, enhancements and whatnot, or is this, you're kind of on your own? Um, I was kind of on my own right there because I hadn't put in the hearing aids that day. Yeah. And do your, do your parents do anything or, or friends do anything to help out in those situations? Like, uh, um, I don't know, mobilize to kind of get off the bus or something or, <laughs> or you just have to kind of, I mean, that's, we all have to just kind of like plow through these situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like the person who's helped me most in those situations is my sister and because i have two sisters my older sister and my twin sister and my twin sister you know she's always there for me and whenever something's happening she'll try to help in any way because that's just the person she is yeah so i'm just so grateful to her for that because she'll help me in any situation if she knows i'm uncomfortable she'll try to help and she has no signs of me so herself right your twin no, no. okay um Okay, interesting. So, um, yeah, so obviously, yeah, strangers can be can be terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, 
Is, and so you you mentioned uh, physical triggers, physical triggers a couple of times. Are you referring to uh, like visual triggers, like musicinesia, or yeah, um, the movement kind of stuff? There's like synesthesia, or whatever. But uh, you're referring to visual triggers, right? Yeah, visual triggers. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So and um, yeah, tell me about tell me about that. Did they that kind of grow in parallel, or did that start to build up later? That started to um, build up a bit later. Like, I'd say a year after I discovered I had misophonia, I noticed I was reacting to people doing visual triggers the same way I was reacting to people doing noise triggers. And then I was like, oh, dang it, man. Yeah. Oh, another one. Right. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's amazing how that kind of sneaks up on people. Um, and uh, so and how do you... Um, and where does that affect you the most? Is that kind of when you're sitting at school or um, at home, I guess you can kind of move to another room. Yeah, definitely when I, it affects or me more in school too. Yeah. because my classmates, obviously you have desks and most of the time there's tables and then the desks are facing each other. So you can't really just like put your hand in front of your eyes while you're trying to do schoolwork. It's a hard situation to navigate. With a hearing at least... You can't. You can put stuff over your ears, but uh, it's um, yeah. You can't just blind yourself <laughs> and expect <laughs> to live. Have you thought about um, where you know? Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a chemotherapist. Ah, okay, cool. And uh, obviously, I mean, there's uh, you know, that's a there's many great reasons to be to be that to help people. Um, have you have you thought about it? Have you thought about what you want to do from a um, misophonia perspective too. I have, and I had many um, career options and the deciding factor for me was in my other career factor, the, <laughs> in my other career option, I'd have to be around an office with a lot of people and that would be really hard. And I feel like I've always wanted to help people, but in chemotherapy, you can kind of, be either alone with the patient or alone with the patient and another doctor and it's kind of just you and the patient so there's and you bond if that makes any sense you can yeah, bond yeah. with the patient more so you can tell them things or you can tell them about your misophonia and stuff like that i just don't feel like if i worked in an office i'd be able to bond with everyone that much and share that Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to like, I, I'm not going to sit here and like try to offer you career advice. But yeah, you'd be yeah. surprised if you're if you're in an office, uh, you know, with people your age, uh, you can definitely you can definitely bond with bond with people. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, there's there's many ways you can bond with people, especially someone as kind of social as you. But uh, no, that's great. Um, and uh what, so do you have any other kind of uh, coping mechanisms that you're using other than kind of getting out of a situation or, um, you know, having these, uh, hearing uh, the, white, the, the white noise? Um, one of my favorite coping strategies is imitation, which is obviously a popular Yeah, mimicry, yeah. Mm -hmm. It helps me when I'm making the sound or doing the visual trigger at the same time the person is. It helps me feel in control. And I know all my classmates might see that as really weird but it helps me not to have a breakdown in the middle of class so that's a small price to pay is that a way for them to do they realize 
that maybe they're making the sound or they or is it kind of like a oh okay she's getting triggered i better kind of help out yeah sometimes sometimes yeah. they'll be like is she trying to make fun of me and i'm like wait no <laughs> yeah. just, i'm trying to help you <laughs> did you discover that on your own or did did you read about that or have dr johnson tell you about mimicry um I can't exactly remember. I feel like I read somewhere online because obviously I was looking up coping strategies and I must have tried out a thousand trying to figure out which one worked and that one was the top. And so do you do mimicry for visuals too? I never thought about uh, mimicking visual. Maybe I I probably do too. Okay. (laughs) I mimic visuals all the time. That's really helpful. Yeah, that's probably better than um, just uh, giving somebody the finger. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I'd get Uh, suspended. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, uh, you know, as you've as you've kind of like uh, learned about miso um, and been telling your friends about it, have you met other people with misophonia? I have not. My older sister's college roommate had misophonia. I never got to meet her, but um, I later found out it was because she didn't want to meet me because she didn't want to meet another person with misophonia because she might um get their triggers if they talk about it you know oh so she was kind of okay so she knew she had misophonia and uh wow was that sense yeah i've heard about people having that fear um Mm -hmm. but i think most people most most people realize most people find that talking to somebody with misophonia the I don't want to say bonding, but the uh, shared experience is kind of like outweighs any potential triggers that they might get. I don't think I've picked up anybody's triggers talking to all these people. <laughs> knock on wood. But That's, uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I was like, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah, it triggers somebody. But, um, no. <laughs> is, okay, so yeah, so your older sister is college roommate. Okay, gotcha. But, no, but nobody else? Nobody else besides you. You're the first person I've talked to who has misophonia. That's funny because did you see, did you hear today's episode? I did not actually. Because there's another high school, uh, another girl in high school in Prague though, Prague Czech Republic, Aww. and I, I was again the first person she talked to. <laughs> so there's you know people are yeah people I mean hopefully it's a good experience to kind of talk about it. So uh, and I know it's helping a lot of people listening to these. So definitely, um, that's that's great. And, and are you part of any kind of kind of online like Facebook groups or I don't know. Uh, uh, online communities or no not really i don't like doing the whole online community thing because i feel like it's a lot more genuine if you do it in person because anyone can like text something that they wouldn't say in person and i feel like that would be really helpful to have someone to talk to but it would be nicer just to talk to them in person instead of online talk to them in person in person or um yeah yeah gotcha yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there are there are a bunch of Facebook groups that uh, they they help at first because you you know you see a lot of people's experiences, but they do get uh, I find they do get very noisy and ranty, and it's kind of hard to keep up with what's going on. Yeah, and some of it's just kind of like lots of anger and negativity, which we all feel anyways. Yeah, <laughs> it's like being on a group chat and you leave for five minutes and you come yeah. back like, wait, what happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, so your, um, what are some, I guess you say so your dad was super helpful f- with you, um, when you were, f- uh, kind of first grappling with this, was he ever like a, tr- were your parents ever big triggers? Was he- um, my dad went, he was a really big trigger for me when he chews cereal <laughs> yeah. and 
Yeah, and my mom was a big visual trigger because she would always do visual triggers. So they were, yeah, they're pretty high up there. But now if I tell them, hey, can you stop for a second while I leave the room, they will. So that's really nice. They cut it out. Okay, no, that's cool. Um, And so, and when you go to college, are you planning to, uh, have you thought about like, do you want to, where do you want to go? like, have you done some research on good miso schools or bad miso schools? I don't know if that's, if, if that's even a thing, but. Uh. <laughs> I haven't really done research on um, schools for misophonia. I've done research on chemotherapy schools, but right. okay. yeah. I haven't really taken that into account. I think I'll cross that bridge when I get there, but I want my college experience to be something that I choose because of me, you know, not because it'll be good for the environment or like good for my environment yeah no that's yeah i yeah i'm like yeah i wouldn't uh i wouldn't recommend going to a school just because it might have uh might be a good environment yeah so i guess uh have you talked to uh you know your sixth grade teacher helped kind of move you around have you talked to any of your, uh, your other teachers kind of through high school about getting accommodations um I have I have a 504 plan which basically means I get to leave the room if I'm being triggered. I can choose my seat if I'm next to someone who triggers me and all that kind of stuff. So my teachers all know I have it, but I've never really talked to any of them about it except for my my band professor because he's my favorite teacher ever. He's definitely he's yeah, he's really nice. And has he? Uh, and he knows about miso, and has uh, kind of helps you out there. Yeah, he has done some research, so he can help, which is nice of him. He's a cool teacher, definitely. That's awesome. Tell me about this five hundred four plan. Is that uh, how, how did you go about getting that? I went to my counselor in the beginning of the year with a letter from Dr. Johnson saying that I had misophonia, and I kind of emailed her beforehand saying, "Hey, I'm going to come in and talk to you about this." So because I didn't want to have to go up to every teacher, because, you know, it, might, it can be scary going up to a teacher and saying, hey, I have this weird disorder yeah. that makes me violent towards other students. So that was just easier to just send out a paper to all of them. And, and so, got you, so you, you got the 504 plan. It, it's a piece of paper, and you just make copies of it and give it to your teachers? Yeah. Do you have to talk to you? Well, I mean, it's good to talk to them. But yeah. do, you, uh, do you generally set up a meeting too? Or is it just something like first day, like before they even know your name, you're like smack it down on the desk? And... <laughs> Pretty much the first day thing. Yeah, okay. And, <laughs> like here's and, a file about me, read it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. And, uh, and you've never gotten any like pushback or anything or like, no. what the hell is this? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's legally binding, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is that part of the ADA? Uh, yeah, American Disabilities Association, or, or is that I just a school thing? So. Okay. It's just a school thing, I believe. It's, an, it's federal, like national, or um, I'm just a dumb Canadian. I don't know what, <laughs> what, what the laws are around here. but it, it, I'm, a, I'm a dumb American, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know either, but I know that my school does it. I know other schools do it, so it might be part of a bigger thing. I just don't exactly know. Gotcha, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of young people listening who are, might not know about this stuff for ADA or 504. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard that come up once in a while, but I just never, um, don't, didn't get to 
hear a lot of the details. Um, yeah, I'd encourage people to just Google it, find out about it. It seems like it's, uh, I guess you need a doctor's kind of um, um, verification or whatever, but uh, it sounds pretty straightforward to get. It is. Could definitely help a lot. It does help a lot. It's you, a lifesaver. Have you used it anywhere else other than school? Like, uh, I don't know, part-time jobs or anything? Oh, no. I I just use it in my school. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, okay, cool. Um, and, and speaking of like, have you got, have you, you know, gotten part-time jobs or something anywhere? Um, I have a job at my church where I clean. So it's pretty nice cause I can just go there and clean whenever I want. I have flexible hours. I was planning on getting a job during the COVID shutdown and I'm thinking about applying to a hardware store pretty soon. So I think that'll be interesting kind of navigating that new territory, but I believe it'll be fun because I love working and I love being with people as weird as that may sound. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound weird at all. I mean, a lot of us do. It's just this, you know, darn thing is, uh, <laughs> is, is usually in the way. Um, and it seems like you, you've got this great attitude where it's like you want to uh, get through situations mm -hmm. um, and kind of put yourself in a situation and then challenge yourself to get through it. So um, yeah, place like a, you know, Retail, retail store, like hardware store would be great because people are always coming and going. So it's not like you're yeah. stuck with somebody unless you're at the cash next to you. Somebody who's <laughs> trigger, but uh, you, <laughs> I'm not going to discourage you from, uh, from getting a job. You, you just have to uh, try it out. Um, cool. Well, um, yeah, I guess um, now we covered cover quite a bit. Do you, um, yeah, do you, you know, this is your first time talking to someone who's seen misophonia. Do you have any like, other questions or maybe you have any maybe these are some insights that that we haven't covered here that you want to that you want to tell people um in a, maybe in high school or or junior high um i feel like something that a lot of people don't get about kids in high school is that especially with misophonia whenever i tell them they're pro they're just like oh you're a teenager you're going through a phase you think you have this but you don't it's an online diagnosis but what they don't understand is that i know myself better than they do and also i i do have a diagnosis that's pretty cool but <laughs> it's i feel like it's really important for so, today's society to respect teenagers even if they're in high school like we yes we don't know as much as other people do but we do know the things that older generations have taught us what they've paved a road for us to do we know about that and i feel like we should get a little more respect and a little more verification for the things that we feel or the things that we do. I totally agree. I mean, you, you, you I, I think you actually have access to a lot more information than definitely I did when I was your age. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, as long as you have the critical thinking skills, like I think you do, you're able to suss out, you know, information from disinformation. Um, yeah. and you know, you know, what's real. Obviously, you know yourself. So, um, I totally, um, agree with that. And, and um, and I would like to see more more people, be so funny or not, be taken more seriously about uh, the conditions they identify in themselves. That's great. Um, well, Ella, thanks. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for reaching. Out. How did you find out about the podcast again? Did you um, just uh, listening? My dad showed it to me. Actually, he noticed oh. it on the podcast. He was like, "Hey, Ella, I thought you might want to see this." And then I saw the be a guest thing, so I was like, "Hey, I've never been on a podcast. That'd be fun." Yeah. <laughs> How did he? How did he hear? He hear about it? I don't know. He's really 
he's he and my mom both are really supportive and i think they've researched a lot and they must have just stumbled across this oh cool if i could hear other people's stories to help me that's great i've never had somebody come on because uh, their their parents uh referred uh referred them that's that's great well thank you yeah thank your dad and your and your mom for that and thank them for being so uh supportive of you yeah i definitely school. will that's that's huge and i hope that's a model for uh for other parents listening um cool well uh yeah thanks ella this this has been great this is gonna it's gonna help a lot of people i'm i'm honored that you came on to talk about this um publicly kind of like well yeah so somewhat publicly but <laughs> at least for the first time uh this has been really interesting to listen to you and um it's gonna help a lot of people so so thank you thank you so much for having me this has been great thank you ella let me know what you think of the podcast. You can always email me, hello at misophoniapodcast.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast or Twitter at Show. Music as always is by Moby and until next week, wishing you peace and quiet.